morning. I'm excited to get into the Word this morning with you. Before we do, I want to uh, just tell you about a few things, remind you of some things. Um, first of all, if you're a college student and you're not in one of our small groups, a connect group, we'd love for you to get in one of those. Um, and you'll be, have the opportunity, if you haven't already today, to sign up for one uh, after the service. And we feel like those are really, really important because we know that God wants us to do life together. Um, he didn't create us to do it alone, and we need each other um, to walk alongside one another to strengthen us and encourage us and even sometimes correct us um, to be able to uh, fulfill what God's called us to do and to be and just to keep our eyes focused on Christ. And so I want to encourage you with that. Uh, the next thing is that we have our Thursday night college Bible study uh, that we usually do during the summer, but we've continued it on. And uh, they meet at 7 o'clock on Thursday nights over in the uh, first through fifth area, our kids area, in the kids auditorium over there. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, please come join them. They're studying the book of Romans right now. Um, they discuss it in a large group. Someone will lead that. And then they break up into smaller groups to be able to discuss, to discuss it further. And so I want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that as well. Um, the last thing. August 9th will be our next Heart and Soul class. And what Heart and Soul, uh, that class is about is, it's really um, trying to help people better understand God's plan, uh, specifically his plan of reconciliation and how he is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus. And so we look at this plan. We also look at how God's called his church, the Big C Church, not just Connection Church, to be a part of his plan. Um, and then at the end, we spend a little bit of time telling you about how uh, we feel God has called us specifically to be a part of that plan. And so um, if you are interested in that, uh, we'd love to have you. I've enjoyed teaching. I started teaching it last month. It's been a while since I've been able to do that. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know if anybody else did, but I did. And so um, it, was, it was fun, but I, I hope you'll check that out if you have not uh, already and and we'd love to have you do that. All right, so um, something that's been on my heart, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna share it, I'm gonna be obedient, and then uh, if it's a train wreck, it's a train wreck, but um, we're not gonna talk about Romans. So, um, so anyway, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 16. Or it's not Second Corinthians, good gracious. It was already a train wreck. Second Chronicles, there's a little bit of difference there. One's Old Testament, one's new. So go to Second Chronicles. You can find First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles. You'll find Second Chronicles. Go to chapter 16. Um, and I want to share something uh, that God's really put on my heart the last few days. And I feel like it needs to be shared in the service. So I'm just going to share it. Um, but it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Before we read, though, I want to tell you about King Asa just a little bit. Um, he started out being a great king. He uh, brought a lot of uh, reform, I guess you would say, to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people, to God's people. And early in his reign, he began to... Um, he, he trusted in the Lord for their deliverance. He trusted in God to deliver them from their enemies. So when an enemy would come against Israel, um, against um, the Jewish people, King Asa would trust and, and God would deliver them, that God would help them win this victory. As King Asa went on 
further into his life, we're going to see that he begins to trust more in what he can do and what he can uh, uh, provide. And, and he even begins to hire out some foreign armies uh, to come in to deliver them rather than trusting in God. So Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 16, it says, In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Asa then took the silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ajan, Dan, Abel, Mame, and that place, Portal, hope you like it, and Metter. When Basha heard this, he stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. Then King Asa brought all the men from Judah and they carried away from Ramah the stones and timber Basha had been using. With them, he built up Geba and Mizpah. At that time, Hanani the seer came to, king, to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, a seer is like a prophet. He hears the word of the Lord and begins to speak it. He comes to King Asa. He says this to him. He says, because you relied on the, the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans and a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. The events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. They buried him in the tomb that he had cut out for himself in the city of David. They laid him in a bier covered with spices and various blended perfumes, and they made a huge fire in his honor. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word, and, and God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Father, that God, even when we're not faithful, Lord, your word says that you remain faithful, that you cannot deny yourself, your character, your nature. God, I pray today that you would continue to stir our hearts by the Spirit. God, that we would not lean into our own ability, that we would not lean on our own understanding, but that we would truly acknowledge you, we would trust in you, God, knowing that you will make our ways straight, that you will lead us in paths of righteousness, that you will be there with us and in us, Lord. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you have ever um, tried to do something that you really wanted to do badly, but you just couldn't do it? Like you just finally gave up, like I can't do this, and so you just finally gave up. Anybody ever done that? 
Okay, all y'all have, but you won't raise your hand. So anyway, um, I did this too. And, and one of those things was I want to be a major league baseball player. Evidently that didn't, obviously that didn't happen because I'm standing up here. But I also wanted to dunk a basketball. Come on, guys. I mean, if you want to dunk a basketball and couldn't, right? And I know it surprises you if you look at me and my build and my physique and you go, how could he not dunk a basketball? And I know I'm closer to being the basketball than the one that dunks it. So, and, and I would try over and over and over again to dunk a basketball. Every day in high school in gym class, like we would try to see how if we could jump a little higher, you know. And so four years of frustration, right? And, you know, of touching halfway up the net. And uh, so it was almost like I thought one day I'm just going to magically float and be able to palm a basketball and dunk it. And it never happened. Uh, so finally, when I was like 39, I gave up and decided I would never dunk a basketball without assistance. And so, anyway, I, I tell you that story because in my life, there's been a lot of things that if I just put my mind to it, I could overcome it. I could get by it. I could make it happen. I, I, I could just grip my teeth and I could push on. And, you know, I worked in the roofing business for 10 years. And, um, and, and in that business, I was, most of that time, I was working with a very good friend of mine. And, and kind of our way of looking at it was, let's just do whatever has to be done. And so if you got tired, you just pushed on. If you, if you just thought, well, I can't take another step, you just took another one. Even in high school, in college, playing baseball or, or playing football in high school, you know, you get tired, you just push on, you just keep going. And many of us have that mentality that I'm just going to bow my neck. I'm going to bow my back. I'm going to just try a little harder. I'm going to make it okay. I'm going to work it out. And, and that's how we think. And so for all of my life, that's how I existed. If you told me I couldn't do it, I would try to do it just to prove you wrong. And then whatever I had to do, I would do it to be able to do it, right? And I just would work harder. I would make it, make it happen. And then I got into ministry. I went from the roofing business into ministry. And, and as I got into ministry, it was almost immediate that I noticed something happening to me. I, it, was, it, it didn't like take place all at one time. It was this gradual downward slope like I was walking down. And physically, I started noticing that I just didn't feel the same. And this is in my early 30s. Like, I'm, I'm old now, you know, but I'm 42. About to be 43. Y'all don't forget my birthday. October 7th, in case you don't know. The only time you're allowed to have your phones in here is if you're reading the Bible, taking notes, or putting my birthday on your calendar. And so you can do that. But I was, I was about 30 years old, maybe, you know, and... I started noticing that my energy was just diminishing. It was just declining, and I didn't know what to do about it. I really didn't understand the cause. I felt a big burden in ministry. I felt a weight, and, and I, I felt like it was just, you know, me trying too hard. It was just me, you know, so I would try to rest. I would try to do things, but nothing seemed to help it, and the weight of ministry and the weight of expectations just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And if you've been in the church for a while, you've heard me talk about where I got to. You heard me talk about how I finally got to a place where I couldn't go anymore. I finally got to a place where guys, and some of you've heard this, but I would come into the office 
whether it was here or downtown, and I would sit down, and literally it was everything I could do to hold my head up off of the desk. I couldn't make it. There were days where I would just have to go home. I, I couldn't go, it was, and it was hard for me because all my life I just pushed on. I just would grip my teeth and go, and I would keep moving, and it wasn't working. I couldn't do it. I remember one of the worst times that was in the spring, and it was the week of Easter. <laughs> and the Thursday and Friday of Easter week, which you know is a huge week for the church world, should be for all the world, but for church world, there's a lot going on, and preachers have the pressure of preaching the Easter message, even though people aren't coming back anyway. And then... I went home. I was in bed like I couldn't do it. I knew what I needed to be doing, but I couldn't do it. And so I started going to doctors. I started going and seeing different doctors, and they would give me this, and they'd give me that, and they'd try to help me. Finally, I went to a psychiatrist. I know the preachers went to a psychiatrist. And I think about that every time I get out of my truck to go in. But I couldn't do it. Finally, I end up there. They diagnosed me with depression. Some of you heard that. I really struggled with that because as a Christian, you aren't supposed to be depressed. The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? And that's true. But I couldn't explain what was happening to me. I couldn't understand it. And it was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly hard. They would put me on medicine. I mean, I can tell you, if I had a wheelbarrow with all the medicine that I was on, I could fill up a wheelbarrow with all the different things I've tried. And for those of you who struggle with this or something else, I want to encourage you that you're not a lesser person or Christian because you take medicine to deal with an issue. When I was taking all these medicines and things and There'd be times where I'd start feeling a little better and I'd get excited and think, man, this is going to help. And then it wouldn't. There'd be times where I, I felt a little pickup and I would think, man, this is, this is it. And then it was just another disappointment. And folks, this went on. It wasn't for five or six months. It was five or six years. Um, some of the worst years of my life and during this time, I had three children, um, my wife and a church that was growing and trying to do everything that I felt I was supposed to do. And the challenge in that was even not feeling guilty because there was things I knew I needed to do, but I couldn't. And I fought with it. I wrestled with it. I struggled with it. And... I realize now, looking back, that because of where I was, I lost things that I'll never get back. I lost time with my kids. I lost time with my wife. I, I lost opportunity in the church. There were things that I, I struggled with, bad. Things that sometimes still I have to walk out of condemnation because of. 
this went on and on and on. And almost a year ago, um, about a year ago, I went to the doctor and he said, look, we're going to take you off of everything and we're going to try something different. But if we're going to try something different, you got to come off of everything. And I was like, oh, all right. I don't know how this is going to go, but we can try it. And about the same time, I came across this scripture about King Asa. And I realized that I think in all the busyness and with all the expectations and honestly not knowing who I was in Christ so that every criticism and every message and every conversation had the potential to derail me and challenge my value and worth and I realized that in all of that and, and in my physical state and everything that was going on, it, I began to rely on myself. And as I read this that day, almost a year ago, it convicted me that I was trying to fix this. I was trying to make this right on my own. And when I came to this verse, it says, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. When I read that, it just went off like a light bulb in my heart and I realized I'd never even prayed for myself. Somehow you feel kind of guilty for that, right? I mean, you're the pastor or whatever, and you're supposed to be praying for other people. You don't pray for yourself. And in that time, I realized that obviously I'm not going to fix this. Obviously, this is something that's bigger than me. It's something that I can't will myself to get better. And if you've never struggled with this, you don't have any idea what it's like. I know that's hard for some people who may be married to someone who can't understand it. You can't, you can unless you've been there. And I realized that I could not make this work. But I just started praying, a simple prayer. And I still pray it today. I, I, I pray, Lord, I pray that you'll heal me. Heal me emotionally, heal me spiritually heal me physically heal me mentally God heal me and I want to tell you about the power of prayer that was in September October was the worst month of all of it so I was like well the prayer obviously isn't working and so kept going I, I you know if you know me I'm a big deer hunter I, I felt so bad in October that I didn't hunt the first week of the season couldn't get out of bed I laid in bed opening day of or one of the days that I normally hunt during the week on Wednesdays I I laid in bed um it was probably the lowest point I can remember having thoughts that I did not want to have and really being at a place of despair that I, I, I would, had come to the conclusion, I'll never get better. This is not going to get better. And then I went back to the doctor 
he put me on a new medicine and I'm like, well, this is just the same old thing. I'm still praying the prayer, still hoping that somehow God could do something, but not necessarily expecting a whole lot. About a week after I started taking that medicine, I started feeling better and started noticing a little difference. Three weeks, four weeks, started feeling better. Five weeks, started feeling better. Six weeks, started feeling better. And things were rocking along. And, but guys, I, I tell you this, I was taking a handful of pills. Handful in the morning, handful at night. It's not something I'm proud of, but I'm not ashamed of it. I would take, this is where I was, I could take 120 milligrams of Vyvanse and take a nap, or 60 milligrams of Adderall and take a nap. And if y'all know anything about those, you know you don't do that. But I started noticing that I was feeling better. I started noticing that something was changing, and even to the point where when I would take the, the stimulant, it would make me not feel well. It would make me feel like, you know, you ever seen over the hedge, Hammy the squirrel? It's kind of how I felt. And I didn't like the feeling. It was, it was bad. I didn't like the way it felt. And so I would started decreasing that medicine. And, and it was just something I started tapering off of because I just couldn't stand the way I felt. And over time, just continued to taper down, taper down, taper down. And I started realizing that something was happening that I was still feeling good, but I wasn't taking everything. I even got to the point where like the medicine was making me so like hammy that like it, it would make me just have even outbursts of anger or do something that wasn't me, that wasn't right, that wasn't who I was. And so I started realizing like, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't need it anymore. I'm taking some of this out and I'm going to let go of some of this stuff and trust that, that I'm, I'm gradually being healed. And here's the thing, guys. After I started praying that prayer almost a year later, God's healing me. I still take a couple of things, but it's so minor. It's like just a remnant that I, I honestly believe is going to go away. It was something that I could not do that God is doing for me. I was hesitant to even share it because, I, you know, you're kind of scared to share it and be like, well, and then next week you're back in bed. But I don't believe that. I believe God's doing a great work in that way. And listen, here's my encouragement to you today. I know some of you are here and you're going through some difficult things. You're going through some hard times. During those five or six years, I literally felt like I was in the valley of death. I wanna encourage you today 
Take another step. And listen, when you don't have the strength to step, trust in the Lord to give you the next step. I look back on it, guys, and there's no way I would ever go back through what I went through. But I can tell you too that there's no way I would have come to know God the way I do or come to a place of understanding who I am in Christ the way I do if I had not gone through what I went through. I found it's, it's crazy because I felt so bound and so hopeless and yet today I feel more free at 42 than I did at 18. And I wanna encourage you in this. I, I don't think we all have an identical story. I don't think any of us will. I believe God is writing his story in each of our individual lives, but this is what I know. God doesn't love me any more than he loves you. And I guess my heart for you today is that whatever you're going through, it may be physical, it may not be. Listen, don't lean on your own understanding. I'm not telling you don't try to figure it out, but what I'm telling you is trust in the Lord, acknowledge Him, and let Him make the path straight for you. I'm telling you, don't, don't rely on what you can do, but rely on the grace of God. See, the grace of God is his love and power in our lives to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And what I know today is that I am able to stand here before you, not because of my will, not because of my strength, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. And no matter how dark it is right now, no matter how painful it is right now, I wanna encourage you the best is yet to come. I wanna encourage you that in Christ, we have hope. This has been in my heart, so I'm gonna do it. But I'm gonna ask you, if you will, will you stand this morning? And I wanna ask you this morning, if there's something going on in your life that's, that you need healing for, that you need God to work in your life, something that's held you, that's kept you bound. Maybe a broken spirit. It may be physical. It may be something you're up against physically that you can't overcome, that you seem to be struggling with. And, and what I feel in my heart right now is that there are people who've lost hope and you don't think that there's any overcoming. And I wanna pray for you, I wanna pray for all of you. If you would say today that I need healing in my body or I need healing in my spirit, 
emotionally, mentally, whatever it may be. I'm going to ask you to be very brave and be very bold. And I'm going to ask you to come to the front so we can pray for you. I know you may have a battle with addiction. I don't know what it is. But I know that the Spirit of God works in His people to do mighty things. I know some of you are battling depression. You've been ashamed and especially to come to church and admit it. Don't worry about what people think about you in that. You're not loved any less because of it. And if somebody tells you you are, tell them to come see me. I got a baseball bat. There's a lot going on in people's lives. And I want to encourage you that God is not unaware of that. I want to encourage you that God is not only in our midst, but that God is in us if we are Christians, believers, followers of Jesus. So does it not make sense that if God is in our midst and in us, that he would do God things? I don't think we're twisting God's arm or begging him to do something he doesn't want to do. We're just going to trust God. His word says that Jesus is a healer. He says that if we call the elders of the church together, anoint with oil, pray, the oil representing the Holy Spirit, that the sick will be made well. Listen, our responsibility is not to heal people. Our responsibility is to be obedient to God's word. And so we're going to trust him with that. I'm going to ask you if, listen, maybe there's somebody down here that you're close to. I want you to come down and pray with them. I'm going to ask you, listen, if, if some of our elders are here in this service, I want you to come down and begin to pray. I want connect group leaders. If you're here, come pray. Let's pray for each other. Maybe for you in the, your seats, if, if, if that doesn't apply to you, listen, just agree with us in this. And we're just going to trust God to move. Lord, I thank you so much. God, I thank you that you love us, God. Lord, I want to pray right now for the one who, who feels like the leper that came to Jesus, that feels like the leper that came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. God, I thank you that you're willing. I thank you that you said, I am willing, and you touched him. You touched the untouchable. God, I thank you that you're so great and mighty that you're so holy and perfect. When you touched us, you didn't become unclean, but God, through your work, you've made us clean. And God, I pray, I pray, God, through the power of your spirit, begin to lift burdens, Lord. Begin to open our eyes, Lord. Begin to give us courage, Lord, to step. God, I pray right now for those who have something in their physical body that is hindering God. I pray for those who are sick, God. I pray that you would heal them, Lord. God, we just come to you this morning and God, you are sovereign and you are in control. Our prayer is not in some form to twist your arm, Lord. We just ask. We just ask. We ask, Lord, that your kingdom will come, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for your spirit to move amongst the folks here. 
here at the front and in our seats, Lord. We pray that you'll move in a mighty way. God, we exalt you this morning. We exalt you, Lord, because you're good. God, thank you that you took the worst of us on yourself. You made a way for us to come to you, Lord. You lifted the burden of our sin off of us. It was taken upon your body and punished so that we wouldn't have to be, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who are willing to become undignified, to be obedient to your word. God, I pray that we would be so whole in you, our spirit would be so secure and solid in you, Lord, that we wouldn't be discouraged or dismayed by those who think we're strange, Lord, but that, God, we would realize we're just aliens here. This is not our home. God, yet you came and you invaded this earth, and I pray right now you would invade this room with the power of your spirit, God. Jesus, we love you. We love you, God. We love you. Fill us overflowing. Heal the sick, God. Work in a powerful way, Lord, in our midst. God, we'll give you the glory. I'm going to ask Josh, should he play and lead us in some worship listen you can stay and pray you can sing at your seat but let's just worship the lord this morning for what he's doing let's worship the lord for who he is let's worship the lord for what he's done father thank you thank you thank you that you heal us completely that you've taken our sin you've given your spirit jesus god thank you that you lift the burden you give us hope we lean into you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you.